You are now listening to the CRC Podcast, brought to you by Pastor Ad Bossoff. We trust that this message will change your life forever. Come on, if you mean it tonight, give him the biggest shout of praise. Oh, come on, you're a bunch of young people. Lift the roof. Hallelujah. Well, tonight's going to be a great night. God's got you on His mind. Welcome to all the people in Faith TV. Pastor Andre and Jen Raber, thank you for this great opportunity. Praise TV, we welcome you. YouTube Live, Facebook Live, CRC Online, Radio all over. Nations in the world, Russia, we welcome Israel, America, Europe, India, Pakistan, China, and all over Africa. Come on, let's welcome all the people. Good to have you back, most of you in any case. Bring your friends to church. This is the safest environment you are going to find. Let's keep on welcoming, welcoming all the people in Bloomingdale tonight. Thousands gathered. Johannesburg, Ladybrain, Belito, Cape Town, our churches, Cape Town, North Durban, East London, George, Compratoria, Club Under, Jeffrey's Bay Cut 2, Kimberly Clark, Stork Marking, Malmesbury, Nell Sprite Battle, Peter Maris Bike Still by. Paula Kwane, Port Elizabeth, Potter Strum. Abington, welcome, Booster, Gabberoni, Tsumer, Ongediva, Swagopin, Vintuknet, Omiok, and everybody here today. Big shout to Evangelist Ludworth. She's with us tonight. So we love her. She is changing Africa. A woman evangelist. Amen. And uh, we are very proud of you. Uh, she's in Cape Town. Um, she travels all over the world, preaches uh, the gospel, and she is releasing a book in the very near future. So we are excited. Amen. Okay, listen, 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 listen. I know we're all masked tonight, but I want you to look at the person next to you and say, I see you. Uh-uh, I don't mean you say, say to the girl, you see her the way you used to see her. Say, I see you. Say it, say it. Look that person in the eyes and say, I see you. And then you can take your seats tonight. 1 Samuel 16. And I want to talk to you tonight and dare somebody to be themselves. You better dare to be you. God never called you to be a copy, a copy and paste. You were not born an original, you are born an original. God doesn't want you to die a copy. And I believe that the greatest generation is alive on planet Earth and you are going to change this world before the return of Jesus Christ. If you believe it tonight, say Amen and give Him a praise. Hallelujah. So my message very simply tonight is when people saw a shepherd boy. 1 Samuel 16 verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil, the anointing, and go for I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a son among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take an heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I name you or name to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, 
Do you come peaceably? Had respect for the church in those days, amen. And he said, peaceably I've come to sacrifice to the Lord, sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And it was when they came that he looked at Eliab, a captain in Saul's army, and he said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I refused him. For the Lord does not see as a man sees. For the Lord, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Tell the person next to you again, I see you. Say, I see you. And I, and I, and I you know, I talk to a lot of people, they say, Pastor, people don't see me. And I understand what they say. The guy wants to date me, but he doesn't see me. He sees me, but it does, he doesn't see me. People at your work, people at your school, if you are gonna fulfill your destiny, then you are gonna have to understand who God created you to be. And you have to be you. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made Shammah, the spiritual one, pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. So Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? And he said, there remains the youngest, the least likely, the least talented in the natural, the one that is not the natural choice. And there he is keeping the sheep, doing the insignificant. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him. Now he was ruddy, with bright eyes and look good looking. So I'm talking to somebody tonight. You are good looking. Hey, good looking. What have you got cooking? Come on, shout amen. You are good looking. You are the best looking generation that this world has ever seen. I'm talking to somebody. You are the Shadrach. You are the Meshach. You are the Abednego. You are the young person that God has raised up for this time and for this hour. You are going to be a history maker. You are going to be a world shaker. You are gonna go places you never thought possible because God's hand is upon you. He knows who you are. He knows what He called you to be. He knows how He chose you in Christ 2,000 years ago. It's time for you to arise and shine and be everything God called you to be and more shout amen in Jesus' Name, hallelujah. The issue tonight is not how people see you, or their opinion about you, but rather how you see yourself and your opinion about yourself. The greatest opinion you can have second to your opinion of God is your opinion of yourself. So as a worshiper of God, David not only discovers he's God, but he discovers himself. In the eyes of people, he's a shepherd boy. In the eyes of God, he is a king in the making. He's somebody. Although people saw a nobody, in the eyes of people, he wasn't the brightest, the smartest, the first choice, but he was the chosen one. And I want to say to you tonight, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are called by God Himself. You have been brought out of darkness into His marvellous light. You are chosen by God for this time to make history and to change this world. I don't know that we ever are truly gonna discover ourselves outside of God. 
We will never discover our significance, our value, our worth, our identity outside of the one who created us. I know we all love affirmation. This generation, I think, is addicted to social media, likes and dislikes. How many followers do you have? There's a pandemic. I know there's a COVID, but I think there's a social media pandemic where we discover or we think we discover our worth and our value by what people say about us. But what people say doesn't matter. It's what God says that matters. And as a young person, you are on a journey of self-discovery. You may not know it. You are trying to discover yourself as a teenager. You are trying to discover yourself as a student. And we do this in many different ways. Firstly, in our homes where we grow up. What does my mom say? What does my dad say? What does the culture say? What does the education system of the day say? I am on a journey of discovery. What does my report card say? What do my friends say? What does the boyfriend say? I mean, if you're the coolest girl in town, you feel good about yourself. If you miss the cool captain of the rugby team, you feel good about yourself. But how many of you know you only stay captain that long? You only stay the prefect that long. You only stay the head boy that long. You have to find something deeper on the inside of you than the affirmation of people, than the accolades that people will try and bestow upon you. You have to discover who God created you to be. As God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, I ordained you a prophet to the nation. God said to Jeremiah, let no one, uh, 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 Paul said to Timothy, let no one despise your youth. Said to, to um, Jeremiah, do not say I am too young. I don't care how young you are how old you are. God doesn't qualify or call the qualified. God qualifies the called. Amen. And tonight, I'll tell you something. Because of Jesus Christ, God has qualified you. God has accepted you. God has justified you. God has declared you righteous. God has chosen you, called you chosen in Christ before the foundation of the earth. Hallelujah. So listen, while people play a significant role in our lives, and while we all need affirmation, no human should have the power to define our self-image and our self-worth and our inner belief. Not your husband, not your wife, not your principal, not your boyfriend, not your girlfriend, not even your mom or dad. Because sometimes people say something and I thank God I've never ever in my life said anything negative to my children because I understood the power of words. Once I said to Angelique, she was a little girl and we were very intentional, understanding the power of your words spoken over your children. And one day she did something and I said to her, are you stupid? Oh, no, I said, don't be stupid. And she stomped her little foot. I mean, she was a little blonde girl, blue eyed. She stomped her foot like this. She said, Daddy, I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. I said, I repent, Angelique. I still repent. 20 years later, I'm still repenting because it was like in a moment I could shatter her world by saying something silly, stupid, careless. Think about David. I mean, seven brothers passed before the prophet and the prophet has to say, do you have another boy? I mean, you grew up in a family, you weren't first in the sport team. You didn't get first, the first grades. 
And very often people only affirm and value what they see on a report card. But not God. God sees you. God sees who you are. God sees who He predestined you to be. God sees your potential and where you are heading. The reality is that no human being will ever be able to put you in touch with the real you. With your true worth, your true potential and your true significance. If we give, listen, anyone that kind of power, we open ourselves to exploitation, manipulation and control. In other words, if you only feel good, please get my sound right, a little bit softer. If we only feel good about what people say about us, we open ourselves to exploitation. It's like you, the article clock in business and um, the boss exploits you and people exploit you. People don't see your true value and your true worth. So you lose yourself in the process of trying to climb the ladder of what you think will bring happiness and success. So you wanna be noticed, you wanna be seen, you want somebody else to acknowledge you. You want somebody else to affirm you. And I'll say it again, we need people to affirm us. But if nobody affirms us, we have been affirmed. We have been called, we have been chosen. We have been justified by our God in the heavens, hallelujah. We have a future, we have a hope, we have a tomorrow because of who God says we are. If you believe it, jump to your feet and give the Lord a mighty praise, hallelujah. Remember people focus on what they see. They don't focus on who we are. And they treat us accordingly. God focuses on what nobody else can see. Our true worth and our true value. And He treats us differently. So when people look to David, what did they see? A shepherd boy. What did God see? A king. When people looked at Jacob, what did they see? A deceiver, a supplanter, a cheat. What did God see? A prince in the making. When people looked at Peter, Simon, what did they see? They saw a reed, somebody easily shaken, somebody tossed to and fro. What did Jesus see? He saw a rock. He saw someone that He was gonna use to build the church and to create a solid foundation for Christianity in Jesus' Name. So when people saw Gideon, what did they see? The least, the weakest. What did God see? A mighty man in hiding, in obscurity, God saw a mighty man. Of course, God doesn't look at the outward appearance and God doesn't need anybody else's vote to vote for you because He voted for you 2,000 years ago. God doesn't need everybody else to acknowledge what He does. He will call you all by Himself. He will appoint you all by Himself. He will send you all by Himself. He will back you all by Himself. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Come on. He will take you and He will anoint you in the midst of your brothers. He will anoint you in the prison. He will anoint you in the pit and He will take you to the palace in His own divine time in Jesus' Name. So why is it important to know who we are? Because if we don't know who we are, we don't know what we can do. Being precedes doing. I am precedes I can. I have to know who I am. Not who you think I am. Not who my mommy thinks I am. 
Not what the teachers think. Not what people say. I have to know who I am. Because my identity will precede my destiny. So how does God see you? Does He look at you at your flaws, your failures? How does God see you? What does God have in store for you? What is God's plan for your life? Not the person sitting next to you. Is your life really dependent on marrying somebody wealthy to get anywhere in life? Do you really need to sleep with a boss to get the job? Do you have to sell out to this world to be popular? Do you have to run with a crowd to get anywhere? Do you need to win popularity on earth to get heaven's approval? See, my dear friend, when God stands with you, you already are the winner. When God stands with you, you already are the majority. When God is on your side, you cannot fail. You will prevail. You will go over. You will accomplish. You will succeed. I mean, I love the stories that I see in our church. And it's like the one guitarist who wanted to be a doctor and he couldn't because of certain political things. And he studied BSc and then had to go work. And I think he was 26, 27, 28, I don't know. Then he started studying medicine because he made up his mind, this is who God called me to be. And I don't care what you say. I don't care what the system says. I don't care what my skin color is. If this is what God made for me, a delay is not a denial. I am, therefore I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna give up on my dream. I'm not gonna give up on my destiny. I'm not gonna give up on my future because I know who I am. I know whose I am and I know who I am. And therefore I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in Jesus' Name. So I must know who I am before I know what I can do. Otherwise I will always wait for somebody's endorsement. And if it doesn't come, what are you gonna do? Because the higher you climb, the less people are gonna applaud you, except those that have climbed to the top, the grandstand in heaven. So you better learn one thing. The walk with God is a walk of consecration. It's a walk where you have to discover yourself sooner than later as a young person. While everybody else is partying, messing around, trying to be whatever, David was looking after his father's sheep and he discovered his God. And when he discovered his God, he discovered himself. And that made him somebody very special, a man after the heart of God, who you can be. Young girl, young guy, I don't care what the odds are. Think about David. I mean, his father did not even remember he had another son. How's that about being the bright boy in the family, the blue-eyed boy? He definitely wasn't. He wasn't first on the list. The prophet had to actually ask, is there somebody else? Oh, yes, David, it can't be him. I mean, David, he's just looking after the sheep. David, but his father never knew that while David was looking after the sheep in a place of obscurity, David was a worshipper of God. And because he was a worshipper of God, he became a warrior for God. Amen. W-A-R-R-O-I-O-I-O-R, warrior. A warrior, a fighter for God. He slew the lion, he slew the bear. 
because he knew who he was. While people looked at a shepherd boy, he was a warrior in the making. He was a king in the making because of his relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Daniel 11:32, the people who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Say, I'm gonna do great exploits in Jesus' Name. So if David never saw himself through the eyes of God, listen, he would have remained a shepherd boy the rest of his life. Listen, Africa. I mean, David could have stayed, remained a shepherd boy. Gideon could have remained stuck in the well. You can remain stuck in your yesterday. You can remain stuck in the place of upbringing. You can remain stuck in the hurt caused by apartheid. Or you can have a God encounter and put yesterday behind yourself and rise up from the ashes and be the man, be the woman that God called you to be. They can have P E E E E E E E, and you can be as white as a lily. If God meant it for you, it shall be, because God holds your future in the palm of His hand. No politician holds your future in the palm of His hand. Oh, come on, give the Lord a praise. Some child in South Africa, give the Lord a praise in Jesus' name. So I, I just refuse to, to see myself in the statistics. I mean, as a pastor, um, many times I've had to almost apologize for being white. And then I say, hey, I'm not white, I'm pink. So I'm not gonna apologize and I'm not going away. So you're gonna have to suck it up. I didn't make myself pink. And I'm not giving up my destiny because politicians decide that pink people have no future. Oh, you're very happy now saying that. Even if you were born on the wrong side of the railway, whatever that means, it matters not. Maybe you studied in a, in a squatter camp by candlelight, but at least you studied. Well, everybody else was playing around, messing around. You were different. And because you were different, God is gonna do something different in your life. Because you chose, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to be part of the system. I'm not going to be conformed to this world. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm going to be everything God called me to be and more. Say Amen in Jesus' Name. So let's talk about some things David had to overcome in order to go from a shepherd boy to the king. Number one, he had to overcome people's opinions. I've got news for you. People don't have, only have an opinion about me. They have an opinion about you as well. Maybe my world is bigger, so more people have an opinion. But in your world, people also have an opinion about you. And it's not always good. Huh? I have some other news for you. Whilst most people like you, there are many people who don't like you. So, speak to the hand. <laughs> Some people think you're the greatest doctor in, in, in South Africa. Other people think you, no, you're not. Why? Because they're jealous. Jealous. 
I mean, the second sin in the Bible is murder because of jealousy. First sin is pride. People haven't changed. So David had to overcome the opinions of other people. That's a big deal. Firstly, he had to overcome his own family's opinion, his dad's opinion. And I've been very careful with my children. They played sport and I was very, very careful to encourage them in their gifts and their talents without driving them to a place that I wanted them to be. I tried to help them discover themselves because as a man, I knew what it took for a man to succeed in life. Not just first team rugby. And if you play first team rugby, I applaud you. And I pray that you use that influence, but you need a little bit more than playing first team rugby. You need character, you need resilience. You need more than first team netball. You need character, you need resilience. Can I have an amen? So David, I mean, David did a great job. His dad knew nothing about it because in his father's eyes, David was just the, the least, the less. That's the guy that went and looked after the sheep, okay? So, I mean, when the prophet comes, he must have thought, have I missed God? And he says, is there another? And the father says, yes, there remains the youngest. The little shepherd boy. Second opinion he had to overcome was his brother's opinion. How many of you know that our own relatives have opinions about us? Jesus' own family had opinions about Him. I mean, the Bible says at one stage, His mother and His brothers came to get Him because He thought He, he had lost His mind. Because He was saying, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Saviour. Read it in your Bible. And they came and they said, no, 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 no. And what did Jesus say? He said, that's not my mother and my brother and my sisters. Those who hear the Word and do the Word, that is my mother, my brothers and my sisters, amen. But even in the house of God, sometimes your sister will have an opinion about you. Your brother will have an opinion about you. If you outgrow your circle of friends and God blesses you more, suddenly they don't like you so much. Rather than saying, I'm also standing in the queue. God's no respecter of persons. If God did it for Him, God's gonna do it for me. God blessed him, God is gonna bless me. So when he goes to the battlefield to take food, not to fight Goliath, his brother looks at him and he says to him, why did you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep? I mean, you know, I, went, I go to gym mostly, or every day actually. I'm gonna have to work a little bit harder, that's clear. But in any case, let me say, so the other day I'm in Germany, here comes a lady, she says, hello, Pastor So I said to her, whoa. I said, whoa. That better be a term of endearment because if it's not endearment after 35 years of ministry, I do not accept your hello, Pastor derogatory. Thank you very much. Speak to the hand, lady. Huh? You think you're not gonna take me to your level? Your level of opinion. No, my brother, they, and people don't like that in me. I just walk away from you. Thank you. Speak to the hand. Hello, Manierki. Hello, Doctor Ki. Hello, Biasagets Maniki. Hello, Rugby Spieler Ki. Hello, Sprungbok Ki. Hello, Arrogante Tung Niki. If you, if you deal it, I'll 
give it back to you. Oh, I own hundreds of companies. Hello, Biazagai's money key. Because people who go nowhere want to pull you to their level. People aren't comfortable with those who go somewhere. Just how it is. Uh, I hope I'm not talking to you. I'm trying to help you tonight. I'm not, I hope you're not one of those. Hello, Pastor Kini. Because you can Number three, David had to overcome Saul's opinion. The king, the authority figure in his life. 1 Samuel 17 33. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go up against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. I'll say it again. You know, as much as experience matters, what matters more is your relationship with God. Because when God shows up with you in your situation, in your workplace, it's a matter of time and promotion will happen. Favour will happen. God will take you places you never thought possible. You don't have to lose yourself and you don't have to conform yourself to the opinions of people around you. You dare to be you. You dare to be free in Christ. You dare to be everything God called you to be and more. Shout Amen in Jesus' Name. Then he had to overcome his um, enemy's opinion, Goliath's opinion. When Goliath looked at him, he disdained him. He looked down on him. And David just never submitted to that intimidation. He focused on his God and he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. I stand here, not representing myself. I stand here representing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And because of that, I'm on safe territory. I have a future, I have a hope. So listen, everybody has an opinion. It matters not. What matters is your opinion of yourself. Don't ever allow the opinions of other people to define or determine who you are. You allow God's opinion to define you. You never doubt yourself. Not if Jesus died for you. Not if Jesus paid the price for you. In Colossians 3 verse 1, the Bible says, if you're raised with Christ, seek those things above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. With Christ who is your life, when Christ is your life appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, Therefore if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. So you are a God-created miracle. Ephesians 2 verse 10, the Bible says, We are His workmanship, created, recreated in Christ for good works. So that means when you find Jesus, you find your true identity. When you discover Christ, you discover who God created you to be. You receive forgiveness, you receive acceptance, you receive justification, you become complete in Him. You know that you are accepted in Him. You know that you are called by Him and in Him you live and move and have your being. You know that you are blessed in Christ. You know that you are seated in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might and dominion and the opinions of people in Jesus' Name. You know that you are the chosen one. I said you are the chosen one because you are the seed of Christ. In Christ you are chosen. 
you are appointed, you are anointed, you are called to be the head and not the tail, to be above and not beneath. In the Name of Jesus, shout Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Come on. In Him, we live and move and have our being. Let's go higher because of the life we have received in Jesus Christ. Let's not allow people and what people say or think to determine who we are. If it means you have to break away from your friends, then break away from your friends. If it means you have to break away from those controlling spirits, then break away from those controlling spirits. A destructive relationship, whatever it is. And find yourself in God. And when people say things, you're not rude. You just allow it to, you guard your heart. Because I know who I am. I know whose I am. I am rooted in Christ. I'm grounded in Christ. Not my culture, not my identity, not the economy, not what people say. I'm exactly who God says I can be. I can tell you many stories of people that people gave no hope for. That have become some of the greatest minds, some of the greatest people that walk on the earth. Because every person who ever accomplished anything had to learn to outgrow the opinions of people. Family, friends, relatives, brothers and sisters. And the only way you can do that is being secure in Him. I remember when revival broke out in, in, in CRC, when it was a little, little white church, when I came to Bloomingdale, Lady Brad wasn't like that. And I said, the first thing that's going to change, this lily white texture's changing. Oh, everybody had an opinion. Then the youth revival broke out. Remember in those days, this man preached in a three-piece suit. Morning and evening. Hello. No hole. Can you do? Can you do? Bad memories, right? Imagine me standing tonight talking to you in a three-piece suit. I think by now I would have grown to a bishop's suit. I wonder how many of you would have been here. Unrelatable. So when God spoke to me about a youth revival and young people showed up, oh, I had a lot of leaders in church come and say, you are defiling the house of God. Look how people are dressing. People are coming to church with t-shirts. Woo! First time I preached in a t-shirt. It was like, you can't be anointed in a t-shirt. Does that mean if I go to the toilet, I lose the anointing? Don't get nervous. <laughs> we love you, those on TV. We love you. Jesus loves you. Follow us on our social media. Amen. God bless you. Amen. 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 But we, we, we want to put people in boxes. So when I came to Bloemfontein, a very conservative city, the people, they know it. Now I can't, but then I grew my hair. Long. Believe it or not. Believable. Long. Just because everybody wanted me to fit their mold and I refused. Because God will not use somebody 
that conforms to the whims and the expectations of people because people are fickle. Today they want this, tomorrow they want that. People are fickle, they chop and change. It matters not what people think or say about you. What matters is your identity in Christ and that you are secure in Christ. And even if nobody believes in you, you have a God who believes in you, a God who sent His Son to die for you 2,000 years ago. And that's why my young brother, my sister, the world is at your feet. History is waiting for you. Destiny is awaiting you. Greatness is awaiting you. That's what God said to Abram. And you're a seed of Abram. You're an heir of Abram. According to the promise, you are an heir. According to the seed, capital letter is Christ. And if you're in Christ, you are chosen for blessing. You are chosen for victory. You are chosen to overcome. You are chosen to be way beyond normal, way beyond average. You are chosen to go places and to do things for God. Oh, come on. If you believe it, shout Amen and feel some life on the inside of you in the Name of Jesus Christ. I speak to, to, to a lot of people in many different places and um, there's no easy. That's why we don't listen to barking dogs. You know why dogs bark? Because they go nowhere. Their world is that yard. So we don't listen to barking dogs, social media. I hope you're not a barking dog. Because if you're barking, it means you're going nowhere. I've never seen a horse stop and bark back. I mean, my dog is a real snob, okay? Black Pitbull Terrier. I'll never make the mistake again to call him anything other than a dog. But he just, if the these yappers yap. He just lifts his nose because they're not even a challenge. He just lifts his nose. He's 50 something kilograms, just walks past them, just like literally lifts his nose a few degrees. That's my dog. I'll show you a picture of him one day. He's unfazed, just like. Are you ready for more? The second thing, David, I listen. The second thing David had to overcome is rejection. It's a big deal for people. Especially if rejection comes from your family. Most people take a step back when they feel rejected. A lot of people are suffering from rejection because they've never dealt with issues in their past life. So they've never experienced wholeness in Christ. Not David. He didn't care what people say. Say he moved beyond rejection. The Bible says we have to guard our heart with all our hearts. With guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flow the issues of life. He knew he was accepted by God. Listen, he knew he was accepted by God. When people throw rocks, don't let it faze you. You've been accepted by God. You've been justified by Christ. You have a future. You have a hope in Jesus' name. So nobody likes rejection. 
and nobody likes to be treated with disdain. But what did David do? He didn't engage. He walked away. The Bible says, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Well, the only way you can live peaceably with some people is you have to move on. You have to walk away. You have to talk less to those people and give them less power in your life so that they do not reject you again and again and again and again. So when you're rejected by those close to you, it's not easy, but you have to guard your heart. You have to move on. That rejection must make you stronger and more determined and drive you, if I can say it like that, right back into the presence of Jesus Christ where you will find your wholeness, where you will find love like no one in this world can love you, where you will find peace, solitude, acceptance. That will settle you and establish you. Sometimes people go through a painful divorce and they feel rejected and they just never can get on with life. Now, I know that's not God's perfect will and first will for your life, but if you've been through that, you have to get over that rejection. You have to let it go. You have to become that beautiful person and allow those scars to become stars in your life. Allow God to turn that tragedy into a triumph and don't take the rejection of yesterday into your future and into your tomorrow. The third thing, listen, he had to overcome was criticism. I'll close in five minutes. God's five minutes. He said, behold, I come quickly and He's not yet. 2,000 years later. So criticism is difficult for all of us to deal with, especially in your formative years, which is when? When a child is two, three, four, five. Then when a child goes through their teenage years and they peer pressure is a big deal. And then when a child goes to university and they want to feel accepted, they leave the little dorp, they come to UP or UCT or WITS or wherever, and suddenly that's a whole nother level of pressure. And let me tell you, maybe your most important years in your life, if your foundation has been laid correctly by your parents, is 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Because those years determine everything. Those years determine your career choice. Those years determine your walk with God. Those years determine your relationships that you will choose. How you will be for the rest of your life. So if you jump from relationship to relationship as a student, and all you think about is, I wanna party, you are messing yourself up. You are creating holes in your soul. And if you're doing that, you better stop, my dear sister, my dear brother. And you have to get back to your senses and find yourself in God, because you don't need the girl to make you feel better. You don't need the guy to make you feel better. You need Jesus Christ in your life, say Amen. So criticism is a big deal until you realise that criticism is part of life. That everybody criticises somebody at some time, even you have. Enough. So when people don't go anywhere, they will criticise you for going somewhere. So deal with a level of criticism according to from who it comes. So a little dog over there, why would you stop your car and climb out and pay attention to that little dog? Put your music louder. Put your praise and worship louder. 
Magnify God a little bit louder. Worship God louder. Because tomorrow they will find somebody else to criticize. Say Amen. On social media, block and delete. Dogs bark because they're going nowhere. They don't like anybody going anywhere. So people who are busy don't end up criticizing. And you're not going to find a statute erected for a critic. Not even the best newspaper critic. Nowhere in the world will you find a statue, a memorial for a critic, even if you uh, critique art. Nobody's going to give you a statue. No one. When we judge or criticize another person, it says nothing about that person. It merely says something about us and our need to be critical. Who do you spend time with? Criticizes or encourages? Do you surround yourself with those who believe in you? Your life is too important to anything else. Dale Carnegie said, one of the greatest minds of his time, any fool can criticize, condemn and complain, but it takes character and self-control to be understanding, to be resilient and to be forgiving. Matthew 5, Jesus said, Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Then finally, David had to overcome, listen, the temptation to wear Saul's armour. You have your own armour. You have your own strengths. You have your own personality. You may have similar traits to your dad, but you are not your dad. You are not anybody else. You are created in God's image. You have a unique destiny. You have a unique temperament. You were created. When Saul, when David went to go face Goliath, Saul put his armour upon them. And what did David say? He couldn't move. He said, I can't move with this. It's, it's, it's too heavy. I'm not comfortable in this. And what did he do? He went back to his shepherd's staff and he slingshot and he picked five rocks because that was what he had. That's who he was. He didn't step out of character thinking to imitate somebody else would get him the promotion. He was authentic. Listen, he was authentic. He remained an original. Even as king, he remained a shepherd, humble in his eyes, serving the purpose of God all the days of his life. I'll tell you something, each and every one of you, you are valuable, you are precious. You were designed by God. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. Even if you don't know who your natural parents are, you were called by God, designed by God. You are alive, predestined by God for this hour. And it's time for you to get in contact with your Creator so that you can get into contact with yourself. Whilst people saw a shepherd boy, God saw a king. You know, when God looks at us, He doesn't look at a crowd. He looks at individuals. He looks at your heart, the thoughts and the intents. And He sees you. I said He sees you. He doesn't see the flaws, the failures, the mistakes, the accolades, that which impresses everybody else. It's not impressed. 
God doesn't get impressed by human beings. <laughs> you may have the greatest paintings in your house. doesn't impress God. I mean, He painted the heavens and the earth. He's the greatest sculptor of them all. Nothing you do is going to impress Him. I mean, the, the streets of the New Jerusalem are gold. So your car doesn't impress Him. might impress the gold. doesn't impress Him. Your fame. He's more famous. <laughs> your name. His name is much greater. The only thing that impresses God is the impression that He's left on us. It's the mark that He puts on us and in us. And you're sitting here tonight and I want to say this to you. A lot of young people. You're still going to live a long, long, long time. By the grace of God, you still have many, many, many years ahead of you. If Jesus tarries, 60, 70, 80 years, some of you. Think about it. The decisions you make now as a student, do you realize it determines everything? Your psyche, your emotional disposition, your hang-ups. It determines everything. You don't have to be another crazy woman. Did I just say that? I mean, I said to my children, stay away from crazy. And marry somebody with issues. You're not going to change that person. If that girl goes, ah, la, 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 before you get married, that's going to be magnified when you marry. Huh? Now is all you have. He says, I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. How old is David here? 17. How long did he look after, look after his father's sheep? We don't know. Two years, three years, four years. We don't know. But he wrote the greatest test of character in his teens. In his teenage years. When there's the most pressure, peer pressure, just to sell out. To be popular. Because if you're not like everybody else, you get criticized. But what are you selling out to? What is the price? The end of the day. Because what you do today and the patterns you create today and the habits you form so comfortably without thinking. Let me say it again. Without thinking. Let me say it again. Without thinking. What's it doing to you? You think somewhere you're just going to flick a switch when you're 24 and everything is going to be cool? No. The longer you continue in that pattern, the stronger those strongholds become in your mind and the more difficult it is for you ever to become a sound individual. I'm very quiet now in this church because I'm speaking truth. Because it doesn't help, we just jump in church and the rest of the time, we just do what we want, go where we want, say what we want, and we just think it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Not if you want the destiny God has for you. It's time to give yourself to Jesus Christ. It's time to give yourself totally for Jesus Christ. Come on, young person. Time to surrender all to Jesus Christ. Time. Some of you, God has spoken to you again and again. 
Every now and again you come to church and God is saying the same thing to you. You are now messing around with your future. This is not who you are. Who you are is not who I called you to be. It's not what I intend you to be. Return. Young man, return to your first love. That is not popularity with your friends. Let me tell you, those of us that have been in school many moons ago can tell you that your friends you had at school, they are no more. They know where. The people you sell out to now, 10 years from now, they know where. Amen. We don't live from moment to moment, occasion to occasion, weekend to weekend. We live with sober minds, especially as young people. And you redeem the time and you become the different one, the different one. You be the different one. You be the standout person. You be the Shadrach. You be the Daniel of your generation. You be the Joseph. You be the one. You know, we had, I don't want to frighten you, but we had a lot of kids here this morning that came with knives and things like this. We had to take the knives away from them, etc. A lot of stories I can tell you. We have to deal with a lot of crazy things all the time. A lot of people that can become murderers tomorrow if they don't come to church. Do you realize the choice of life? the power thereof, that God gives you that choice. Not even God can interfere with that. Time to push the pause button for some of you. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving. Just to push the pause button for a moment. No one moving, except those in the service and all our facilities. And tonight you're sitting here, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to get right with God. I need to get back to Jesus. If I die today, I don't even think I'll go to heaven. I have no relationship with God. Maybe at some time you did, but you've grown cold. You've walked away from God. I want to pray for you tonight. God's talking to many of you. Many young girls, but many, many young men in this place tonight. Tonight is critical. It's destiny. You need to make a decision tonight. Tonight, you need to receive the grace of Jesus Christ. And you need to come home. God is talking to you. It's like your heart is pounding in your chest. You're thinking, well, I'm a member of the church. I'm not asking whether you're a member of any church. I'm asking you, is God talking to you right now? Is this a moment for you maybe to break before God, for you to give your life back to Jesus Christ, to surrender yourself to Him, to take a step back, in the right direction. They want to pray for you. I want to give you that opportunity. I want to help you find your way back to God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one moving. You say tonight, I need a Savior. I need Jesus. They're in Bloemfontein. They're in Johannesburg. 
in Potsdam, Port Elizabeth, all the other churches, wherever you are. God is knocking at your heart tonight and He's calling you to surrender all to Jesus. If that is your desire tonight, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever church you are in, forget the people around you. God wants to save you. God wants to bring you back to Himself and put you on the path of life. Every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, that's me tonight. If that's your desire, quietly, wherever you are, lift your hand, I wanna say a prayer for you all over this place. Raise it up high, 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 all over this place. Quick, raise it now in Jesus' Name. God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Raise it up now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Slip it up, thank you. God bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Raise it up now, now, now. In Jesus' Name, you're not here by accident. There's a heaven to gain, there's a hell to show. You don't have to get your hand up. Tell me in your heart, God will you pray. Tell your hand up, say yes. Let me know your prayer. And in Jesus' name, raise up your hand. Say yes, tonight. Tonight. Have that courage. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. I'll tell you something that uh, we have to realize a few things in South Africa and many countries. There's a lot of things happening that people are oblivious to. And it's like Christians are just living with their heads in the clouds, not realizing the critical hour we are in and what is happening right under our noses. That people are turning to violent crime because they have no alternatives. And that can be your friend. That can be somebody that's studying with you at university. Can't give you information of certain things, but there are people like that. We had people like that in service this morning. Let me tell you something. I don't care what people have done. We get them into God's presence and God will deal with them and God will help them. Everybody needs the opportunity to get into God's presence. Drug dealers, criminals, we have young people now killing people for 500 rand. Do you understand that? Do you understand the level that things have gone to in this country? Do you even comprehend that? And, and we want gentle Jesus, meek and mild. No, my brother and my sister. I got saved and the one person that sat next to me in church never accepted Jesus. He became involved in a political assassination in this country and had to flee this country. It's not a game, this. That's why I don't tolerate people with their foolish opinions, their little doctrinal deliberations and disputes that means nothing to the people hurting, suffering, child molested. I mean, one of our pastors picked up a baby in a black plastic bag thrown out of the car next to the highway. That's not okay. That's not okay. So we don't need this Christianity where you are indifferent with the spirit of you know it all, but you do nothing. We don't need those people. Those people should be raptured quickly. Leave planet Earth because they're taking up oxygen. We need Christians that will get involved and help these young preg pregnant teenagers and deal with these young teenagers when they just get into drugs before they become violent criminals. Are you listening? Get your head out of the clouds.
more at stake than your goosebump. We stand between the living and the dead. We have to open our eyes. Stop engaging in conversations that mean nothing. Because that teenager that will have a gun by the end of the year and kill somebody might just be somebody that's in your circle right now. And you're blind. It's an urgent hour. A lot at stake. Talking about the lives of people. This country can go this way or that way. I'm not a prophet of doom, I'm telling you. It's going this way or it's going that way. And it's not going that way while we play religious games. It's not happening. So we have to get out, out of our little bubbles, our convenient Christianity, and all the foolish disputes that help nobody. Go help kids, man. Go love children. Go clothe some children. Go put your arms around the hurt. Go to the mothers who have no food. Go feed people, man. Get off your high horse. Go get your hands dirty. See the pain and the suffering out there in the world. The need, the addiction, the trauma, the pain, the unemployment. Men standing next to the road every day begging for somebody to pick them up just to do a peace job. Do we see this? Do we care? They know we stop caring, we shut this building. We can turn it into an auction house. Because that's what we are about. And if we lose that, we're not worthy to be Christian. Stop sitting at school and just trying to be cool. I don't care about your hairstyle, okay? Stop trying to impress every girl with your hairstyle. They don't care, let me just tell you. Get a compassion for your friends, man. Get a compassion. Get a compassion. Otherwise, this is a game. Amen. What an honor to pray with each one of you. For real. Amen. Jesus loves you. Thank you for being here tonight. You're our special guests. Just put your hand on your heart. Pray with me. Everybody, all the churches, please. We're not going to play. We have a window of opportunity here. Bring your friends to church. Just pray this prayer right now. Say, Lord Jesus, tonight I give myself back to you. Thank you for loving me so much that you died for my sin. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you are alive. Tonight, I turn back to you. I surrender myself to you and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for a new beginning. Help me to help others in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Upon the confession of your faith, every sin is forgiven according to the Word of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information on CRC, 
visit www.crc.org.za.